Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ramble On. My name's Marcus Speller and he's Jim Campbell. Hello. How are you doing, Jimmy, baby? I'm good, thanks, mate. You've got our patrons listening. We do. What the best you, ones. What you wear. Tell the patrons what you're wearing, Jim. I, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> it is that type of yeah, show. It is. Just, just my favourite um, underwear. Bright red gimp suit. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, it's Jim's... Desert Island football business? Is that what we're calling yeah, this? I love that. You've just ducked out halfway through naming it, haven't you? <laughs> Nothing rhymes with discs. Just have just describe it. Yeah. Jim, this is where you are on a desert island. You are wearing only um, swimming trunks. And we ask you to take a football, a football shirt, a football book, a moment from the world of football on, on VHS. Yes, you'll have a video in that set up. There will be one plug on this island. Um, a, a video of a match um, and a person from football as well. That's your task mm. for, for the next uh, however many minutes. And I think it will give us an insight into your mind. I did this when Pete was asking me about uh, those items and things that I would take on a desert island if I had to. Today's your turn. And we're going to start, Jim... With a football. Mm-hmm. Which football would you take on a desert island with you? So I think um, you want something that reminds you, that has fond memories for you, really, mm. don't you, in a situation like this? Because it's so. gonna, it's Wilson, isn't it, really? That's the right. ball, the oh. ball is going to become your mate. Like where you're taking this. So you have to have something that gives you positive memories. So weirdly, a ball that really stuck with me, I don't think a lot of people kind of talk about with as much affection as some of the previous kind of like famous World Cup balls would be the the Questra, which was the ball Adidas. from USA 1994. Adidas? Yeah. Adidas Questra, good choice. Be- just because 94 was the first World Cup I have clear memories of. You missed I, out on 1990? I have vague, vague memories. Unlike Yeah, but I, I, it's just not in my head in the same way. I ripped my pyjamas celebrating David Platt's winner well, against I, Belgium. I'm, yeah, I have no memory of what happened but and then what I did. But you're sat there with your pyjamas intact, Jim. Well, probably. Mm. I might, who knows if I was even wearing pyjamas. I might have even just been wearing my swimming trunks like I am in this situation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I just thought it was cool. just thought it was pretty classy. And I think I must have known someone who had one yeah. as well, which makes you feel closer to it, you uh-huh. know. You feel like, yeah, I get what it's like with these players out there. Yeah. It's the same as when I'm in the park. I had a, a, a USA 94 ball with all the flags on. Actually, not not all the flags. Saudi Arabia flag wasn't on there. Interesting. Why do you think that was? Uh, well, there's a reason is, and I'm going to try and uh, fudge this answer because uh, of the details, but I think it's because of the writing that's on the flag. It's um, It's sort of sacred in Islam or something like that, right. so you can't kick it. Ah. So there is a it's a religious reason why the flag is not on the ball. So yeah, so when when you um, sort of say I'm glad you said that the Adidas Questra before you then said USA 94 because I was thinking USA 94. Oh yeah, the balls with the flags on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, that's a good one. I mean, did you did, did you USA 94? What was then? Who sort of what, what captured your imagination? Was it Hadji? Was it Stoichkov? It was all of that. And actually, I think England not being there was kind of useful in developing. Um, my football nerd passion. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was more about all of those, all of those characters. Baggio was my favourite player there, of course, and he was a player who I, you know, was really looking forward to seeing and was excited by. And it took him a while to get going, didn't it? So you had that feeling of like, oh god, is he, is is the guy I'm really rooting for going to let me down? And then he just exploded into life, mm. and it was brilliant. And obviously, you had the tragedy of the yeah. of the uh, the final and, and him missing that penalty. It was like a like following him was like an education in the roller coaster of being a football fan. Yeah, actually. I know what you mean. And obviously there was there was 
man who will come on to who really sticks out in my mind is always Jorge Campos. Oh, Campos. Like, who gets forget forgotten about a bit. Yeah. Um, Interesting career because, like, I don't think he was that brilliant a goalkeeper. No, but he... You just had him in there for the for the fashion and for the band. Scored a lot of goals as well. well yeah. He's one of those guys. Yeah, true enough. But yeah, the, the ball, those are good. The, 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 the question is, there's an Adidas Tango vibe about it. Yeah. The way it looks, which is which is quite good, but yeah, no, I think that's an excellent choice. So, so go on then. You, Sorry, Campos five foot five. Yeah, there you are. I I think he's taller than that. I think that, I think his height has been exaggerated. There's no way he's a goalkeeper. He's five foot five. He's probably about five eight, five nine. Mm. I would I would. It's guess. a weird way to do that, isn't it? I kind of respect it, mm. but him pretending he's smaller than he is. Well, he might. You can imagine goalkeepers exaggerating their height. It's like, no, I'm only four foot. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that you're not. No, I am. Look at my Wikipedia. Well, they're going to put loads of crosses in, but I can jump like <laughs> Spud Webb. I'm going to just be battering the ball away. Um, go on then. So, so that's the ball. What's the shirt? So the shirt, I was thinking actually of, of Campos's keeper like <sighs> kit. Well, just think it, you could flag he designed down them himself. ships with that. Exactly. He designed yeah. them himself. If you're not familiar, just give Jorge Campos kits a, a, a quick Google. He designed them himself. They were all like neon, very, very bright, mm. like loads senses. of different colours. It was a tactical thing as well because it was, it no, was just... an attack of the senses. Oh, and it, it, yes, but I think that was mm. deliberate, wasn't it? Because he had to compensate for being five foot ah. one or whatever it was. And they were quite um, baggy, so he looked like, big. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> he had to do something, right? Because yeah. um, let's be honest, he was an outfield player who would not accept that. Yeah. Um, but the danger is so that is obviously a good good idea. Mm. You can flag down a plane like if, if you're if you're drying out your goalkeeper's kit, it will act as like an <laughs> SOS thing. But if you have to hunt, oh, it's gonna you're not very well camouflaged, are you? That's a good point. So I'm thinking maybe I need a green kit or a camouflage kit. Napoli third kit from yeah, a few well, years ago. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, Napoli had like a, an actual camouflage kit. So didn't they beat Arsenal in that kit? Uh, possibly. Do you remember, you, didn't you meet a Napoli fan? I say meet. I, saw, I watched Arsenal beat Napoli 2-0 at the Emirates. Mm. Um, very, very good performance. Seems like a long time I think ago. Mesut Ozil scored. Long, uh, long a header, possibly, or that might have been a different, different game. Mm. But um, a terrifying Napoli man on the train said to me on the way home, when we meet, 2-0, Iguain. And then we went over there and we lost 2-0. Iguain scored both. <laughs> so this man I was telt. Did you did you sort of desperately try and find him again? Say, tell me the lottery numbers for next week. <laughs> no, I I never want to see that man again. Was he reading Biff's Almanac <laughs> from Back to the Future? <laughs> he did have an Italian sports almanac, but I couldn't tell you what was in it. Well, it's clearly the answers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I would have to go for the Napoli kit out of because I mean, are oh, we mm. going to be? Oh, well, I've got a plan for how I get rescued. So okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna make that choice there. Right. Okay. So fine. I understand your thinking with with the shirt. That's quite nice. Um, for a man who who presents the book club with with Kate on Football Ramble presents mm-hmm. your book of choice. I'm quite intrigued by this. Yeah. Well, um, I was thinking the Football Ramble book because obviously it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But I know most of that because I, I wrote a lot of it. So it's you know. Like, he's talking no to our patrons. They're probably well. Exactly. They may well may well have bought it. If not, why not go out and get it? But also you you know you you wrote very well in it, Jim. So it's kind of like it. Rem- you know, on a desert island. Reminds me of what I've lost. No, it reminds you of oh, what you civilization. could do. <laughs> Maybe it inspires you to keep some sort of journal while you're out there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to go for that. No. There's really only one choice for me. Okay. And it's something I hope we will one day get to talk about on the book club. It is El Diego. <laughs> oh, yeah. The... Um, the the autobiography or the biography really of, it's a, it's of a biography Diego. there's no yeah. way he was involved well, it's, um, Marcelo Moro y Araujo uh, Araujo Araujo it's uh, listed as here um, so she does the foreword and she translated it but I, I don't know if she ghostwrote it as well but 
Mm. Uh, it is fantastic. Of course, it's fantastic. You it's the story of Diego it, Maradona, and there are all those phrases at the top. Like there's a, there's a note from 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 the translator, which is like. Um, you know, these look like they're strangely translated mm. phrases from Argentinian, such as like, he should give the dog his face back if mm. he's been a hypocrite. Um, he let the tortoise get away from him if, if someone's missed an opportunity. But yeah. they're all just they're all just phrases that Diego has made up. Mm. And it's it's an amazing story. Yeah. And it's an amazing <clears throat> insight into how his mind works, the way that so you know, you, everything has to be a victory against someone else yeah. it can't be for yourself mm -hmm. it has to be proving someone wrong and mm -hmm. it has to be um you know just fighting tooth and nail and i think actually that would be quite inspiring on a desert island where mm. you are fighting for survival mm. um I, th I think you might you might you know get really into that <laughs> get really into that yeah well you got you've got to, like diego's a force of nature right yeah Was. he's one of a kind Was. yeah yeah i mean i feel like he's still in the ether somewhere <laughs> i'm sure he is and you need to channel that. You've got, you've got to live in extreme intensity. We've seen Castaway. We have seen Castaway. We all have. Um, I With those phrases that he says, I wonder if it's a case of he doesn't give a damn and just says what he wants. And I think there's a strong case for that. Or what it did. He didn't give a damn and just sort of said what he wanted and then would just sort of go with it. Or he surrounded by yes men and so if he said something no one would correct him and then they'd start using his expressions yeah. as well is that alluded to at all in the book i mean i'm pretty sure you know he didn't give a damn so i'm perhaps the first one is i mean you can have both of these if you see what i mean he makes no reference to the phrases being odd no but the but the writer at the start does yeah so but she, she gives no more insight in oh, okay. like, these are just things he says Right, I see. Okay, well, fair enough. Read it though. <laughs> I, well, I've, I, I'm. I think we all must, Jim. I think we must. So we move on to a moment that mm. uh, that you would like to to take in VHS form, CD-ROM form, whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> but a, a moment from football that you would that you would like to. I'd like a laser disc of um, Dennis Bergkamp's goal against Newcastle because <laughs> it's one of those ones where I just watch it occasionally and just try and. Just enjoy the sort of almost like physical poetry of it. Yeah. It when, is... when you said Dennis Burkamp's goal, three leapt to mind. The one against Newcastle. The I know he scored a couple that day against Leicester, but the one where he, he takes a it trick, down. Yeah. Oh, it was a hat trick. You're right. And didn't win the game. No, they didn't. Because he scored very late on with that mm. great goal. And then Leicester, I think it was Big Ian Marshall. Um, yeah, I think Emil Heskey might have scored in that game as well. He might well have done. Um, but, you, but you're right. But still, great game and, and great goals. And of course, the one against Argentina. Yeah, you went for Newcastle, which again is a fine choice. Yeah. Is it Dabby's ass that he? It is, yeah, that he turns inside out effectively, and people say, "Oh, did he mean it?" I really believe that Bergkamp meant it, but because of because of the other goals of of sure. that you've mentioned there, where we knew he had that sort of uh -huh. thing in his locker, and there was there was never a hint of surprise on his face mm. at any point. But that to me, that's the genius of it, because I think Bergkamp said that he didn't. So bear with me here. He didn't mean it, mean it in in the sense of are oh, the balls coming in. What I'll do is I'll I'll knock it that way and then I'll go this way yeah. because that's a move I've seen or I've done in training. I don't think we've ever seen that move to be honest, which is part of the the, the beauty about it. So I think he it comes into him. The touch sort of kind of goes away from him. But as it does, then he goes, ah, right. He adjusts, this is what I do next. Exactly. Yeah. He adjusts to the situation mm -hmm. and therefore makes it work. Absolutely. So, so to sort of he say... He builds it almost. Yeah. So to say, or did he mean it? 
oddly, I think that you have to sort of peel back a couple of layers there because, again, the the, the pre sort of meditated sort of, you know, like a footballer, right? I'll knock the ball past him and then I'll run around the other side. You know, like they they knew that was going to happen before the move happened. Yeah. Whereas Burkamp, I don't think knew it was going to happen. But when he touches it, he goes, right, okay. And then that's why he keeps his cool in those situations. Yeah. Interestingly, though, in his book, right. Stillness and Speed, uh huh, he talks about how he never scored his his ideal perfect goal. He had an idea in his head of what the best goal he could score was. And he, he never managed to execute it. But did he I forget exactly how it worked, but it involved ah! it involved flicking it over this and like you yeah. know, knocking it through that and, and a touch there. Yeah. And... It was a similar sort of thing. Yeah. So he did think about football like that. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, again, he's a very, very unique player, was Dennis Burkamp. There's not many like him, really. No. It's, I just, it's hard to think of someone who's like him today, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's just, it's odd, isn't it, with football? Because you think, with some players, you think, oh, there's no one quite like such and such a player. And you go, well, because yeah. Of course not. Yeah, that's well, not how humans work, is it? No, but there are players that you can compare. And there are players that you can go, oh, well, he plays like that because he's really quick. Yeah, of course. Of course, footballers at that level, they're all, they've all got a good touch in you know, in sort of absolute terms, they all can strike the ball, blah de blah de blah But with Burkamp, it was, it was like there was a sort of a mathematical equation. Mm. It's of... like if Chow, the 1990 <laughs> World Cup mascot, played football, he'd play like Dennis Burkamp. Yeah. Got all the angles. There was a sort of, he was a kind of a, when he was playing football, he was, he was like he was trying to crack a Rubik's Cube. Totally. And, I just, and often he did. Yeah, and, and and his scoring record isn't brilliant, but it's not bad because, again, we yeah. think of footballers in, in the sort of the Messi-Ronaldo kind of goal-scoring terms now and they've just kind of skewed. Um, you know, if a footballer gets sort of one in two or even even like one in two and a half games, it's... Yeah. I can remember games where he didn't score kind yeah, of thing, yeah. you know. But, of course, there was a lot more to his game in that. But anyway, we could talk about Dennis Burkamp for, for the rest of the pod and I feel we may have got bogged down with that. But, but oh, what a delightful player. Um, the match, Jim, that uh, you're going to choose. So I was thinking a couple springs of mind. There would be the North London derby that Arsenal won 5-4. Good one. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. Did Jermaine oh, Defoe score a great goal in there? Nine different goal scorers yeah. in that game. I watched it with a friend of mine who's a Spurs fan. And we just came out of the pub afterwards absolutely shocked. And he yeah. just said, that's the best game I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. We're, but we're, neither of us knew what to say. But I suppose that was we're absolutely I wa- speechless. I mean, I watched that game with an Arsenal fan and it was like, he, he, he sort of, you know, he'd gone through the ringer because you're up and then you've equalised and then this, that and the other. And I was just going, this is bloody excellent. Yeah. But for the Spurs fan to say that, because often, what I think one of the worst things in football is if you're, on the, the wrong end of a high-profile, brilliant game. Yeah. And people remember, because it's constantly remembered and talked about, and I just sort of think, yeah, but I we lost. Like I, I enjoyed celebrating the goals when they went in, but ultimately, at the end of the game, I was like, oh, we were on the wrong side of it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You remember the, the taste of the defeat, don't you? Actually, yeah. we'd, been, we'd been with a friend of ours who doesn't like football before that, and we asked him to predict the score, and he said, five all, and we laughed at him. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I think though, I don't know if I will go for that because I've got some Arsenal representation with a Burkamp goal. I might go for England 4, Netherlands 1. Oh. It happened on my birthday ah. during Euro 96. And I probably don't want to dwell on Euro 96 for too long because we did it all summer. Yeah. But um, I just, that was such a special feeling as yeah. the goals, you know, you get to 3 1, you think, oh my God, we're absolutely three doing them here. Of course, yes, of yeah. course. It was late on, wasn't yeah. it, that they got the uh, they got the the goal that kept Scotland out of the, the knockouts. The all important goal. Yeah. Um, so I think. And you know, it's nice to have some national team representation in there as well. Well, you don't, you're, you're singing, you're playing to the choir here, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think 
as well. You you would want it with the Barry Davis commentary because I remember when England was really dominating and when 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 Sheringham got the second goal, there was such a jubilant feeling in the stadium of yeah, this is the Netherlands and we're dicking them. Yeah, and and when the third goal goes in, Barry Davis just says it's three, and then when the fourth goes, it's four. You know, it was one of those games, and I think that that Euro '96 is often. What's, what's, if this is a word, fetishized. Yeah. Uh, by and I'm I'm glad that England got to the final of Euro 2020. And I'm and I'm actually not. I don't I don't look back in anger with that. I I, I just thought it was. I thought that the it was, it was a brilliant tournament. And I think. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, so I didn't sort of. I wasn't that gutted actually after that game. And I don't sort of think. Ah, oh, what a missed opportunity. And, and sort of. Screw. I understand that people will, but I, I actually genuinely. I promise you, I don't. I, know. Oh, I think like we're of a generation of people who've dealt with that. Yeah. We've dealt with worse, haven't we? Totally. So it's, yeah. it's, you can deal with it a bit quicker. I think. Yeah. And you're a I bit def- older. I definitely felt like that. Absolutely. But I've made my peace with it quickly. Yeah, I agree. But also, I think as I was at the match, I think being there, it, it's the two things struck me. One is that it's less stressful because in, in a weird way you feel like you're a part of it. Whereas if you're watching on TV, you are there is a massive barrier in between you and the action. Yeah. I know that's it because of course there is. There's a, I mean, there's a literal physical barrier. In, but you where, know, cheering your team on, we know that has an effect. So yeah. you can you can do something you know, even if it yeah. doesn't work, but you can try. I know you what know? you mean. Yeah, so there's that. And also, he's kind of like, I was watching the game and I just thought, this is a game of football without kind of look we love football we just we made our careers doing all this sort of stuff but I, I yeah so I, anyway without going sort of too off, off track there I um with with Euro 96 I think Euro 2020 has sort of put that to bed but Euro 96 I think is really fondly remembered because of the Scotland game because they managed to squeeze through that but I think it is that Netherlands game that mm. really does it because England only won two games out of five in that tournament, yeah. it was two penalty shootouts, of course, in, in in the knockout. So I think that Netherlands game has such fond memories where at a tournament in front of their home fans, England really put on a great show. So yeah, excellent choice, Jim. Uh, we finish with um, your person from football that you would like to, to accompany you on this desert island. Mm. So I was thinking maybe Roger Miller would be good because he spent some time on Reunion Island. <laughs> So he'd, he'd know about island life, but I think Reunion Jim, Island is a little bit more populated. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so it's <laughs> sort of British a smaller scale <laughs> thing. But I've decided the person I would like to be on the desert island with me mm. is Marcus Rashford. Because mm. if I go missing, yeah, mm. really sad, whatever, tragedy. If Marcus Rashford goes missing, yeah. the world never stops looking. Yeah. So I sort of I assume they'd take me home as well. Like if they found us both on an island because of my foresight with a Campos kit. If I did choose that, um, also you, he could practice taking shots at you. Yeah. Because if, if you're with a footballer, you think ah, like if I'm if we're like just passing it to each other, he's going to be well like so much better than me. Yeah. Whereas if you're in goal. You can sort of appreciate him whacking the ball past you. You know what? I'd probably come home quite a good goalkeeper. Yet you'd improve, but also, inevitably, you would save a couple of his shots and you'd be really happy about that. Yeah. You'd totally. be like, oh, when we were there, I actually saved a few penalties. <laughs> Even those penalties, yeah, unless I said about that, the better. But yeah I, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And also, if you're hungry, he's going to push the local government to... Well, he's been through struggle in his life, hasn't he? Yeah. And he's come out the other side victoriously. So that's a mindset that would be very, very useful Mm -hmm. in such a situation. Excellent. So you're on there with Rashford with the Adidas Questra. Questra? That was the the ball with your Campos kit. 
Anyway. We went for the Napoli away kit. Oh, sorry. For the, hunting reasons. So you did, so you did. Um, and uh, and you're reading about Maradona. Yep. Marvellous. What a time it will be for yeah. you I don't and know Marcus. what has happened to the pair of us, but it's always good to have a Marcus in there. I can, couldn't agree more, Jim. Thank you very much. You're welcome. See you next week, everybody. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.